fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So if you didn't have to watch it, uh, it was wildly entertaining. If you didn't have to watch it. Uh, if you can just watch it in highlight clips, and that's what you pay us to do, to give you the digest and the and the highlights of last night's debate. And, oh, is it going to be fun. If it wasn't, if the destruction of our country wasn't hanging in the balance, it would be a lot more fun. But still, still, I think, wildly entertaining in the clip form. We go to that in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, what are you doing? If you're in pain, why are you still in pain? Oh, man, I'm turning into my wife. I just don't want to hear it anymore if you're not going to try everything. Uh, That's what my wife finally said to me to get me to do Relief Factor. Because I was just like, okay, it's worth three three weeks of just trying it. It's not going to work. Why won't you try it? It's not going to work. Well, how do you know that? Have you never tried it? It's not going to work. How do you know that? You know what? I'm not just going to listen to it. I'm not going to. Don't talk to me about your pain unless you try. So I tried it. And my wife was not as wrong as she usually is. It's relief factor. I've been taking it now for eight months and it totally has changed my life. Just try it. Created by doctors, 100% drug free. It's all natural. It's relief factor. Try it now for $19.95. Try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work, stop taking it. If it does, you get your life back. It's relief factor. Ease your pain and get back doing the things that you love to do. Relief factor and relieffactor.com. All right. That'll be a good show today. Yeah. You had the big event last night. How you doing? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Excited about talking about last night's debate. Uh, uh, Elway, Ealing Fay, Retipe, Udge, Ely Ray, Excited, A, Ute, Alte, Bout, A, Ast, Lay, Night, Nays, a debate day. I'm not supposed to acknowledge that, right? We're just supposed to act as if just you're act speaking like English. A, just like, okay. yeah, I'm just reaching out to a new mm-hmm. constituency, oh, the okay. people that speak Latin, pig Latin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's <laughs> not my first language, so I'm sorry if I butchered it. But I want you to know that I'm just like you. I'm to, part of your community. You're, yes, that and that proves it. Nothing proves it like awkwardly blurting out language like that. I'd Ray. Uste. Or right, Stu. Oh, okay. okay. Because right, I, yeah. I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that was <laughs> oh, man. Did you, see it? Did you see it when, when uh, was it Beto first broke out? He was the first one to come out of the mm-hmm. game with Spanish. Yeah. And Cory Booker and Elizabeth Warren, their faces were like, oh. <laughs> oh, but the, Cory Booker is the perfect example. He, it was such a Cory Booker moment because it was being shared all over the internet. Like, look at Cory Booker. He's like, oh, rolling his eyes at Beto. He but he a, did it too. That's why he was rolling his eyes. He was like, crap, this guy took my good idea. He was mad that later on he was going to speak in Spanish awkwardly. And he's pissed off that Beto did it oh, first. It was so bad. It was so bad. Okay, because I'm excited 
to get to some of the highlights. Uh, let's let's start with Warren on guns. Here's Elizabeth Warren on guns. In this period of time that I've been running for president, yeah. I've had more than 100 town halls. I've taken more than 2,000 oh, unfiltered questions. Oh, that's crazy. Unfiltered. And the single hardest question I've gotten, mm-hmm. I got one from a little boy and I got one from a little girl. Oh, boy. These were and hard. And that is to say, when you're president, how are you going to keep us safe? Oh, boy. That's our responsibility as adults. Not Seven as president, but as adults. will die today from gun violence. Stop. Children in- Stop. Stu, mm-hmm. seven children will die today from gun violence? Have you ever heard that stat? Uh, I don't know the breakdown of... Yeah, how uh, are we getting to seven children will die today from gun violence? Well, I mean, you know, there's... Obviously, they're going to probably count uh, suicides in there, I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, you know, there's tens of, like, what is it... Roughly thirty thousand people a year die. So if uh, from gun from guns, um, so right. so if you're counting suicide and you're counting like mm-hmm. Chicago, yep, yeah, you know, and it's, it's where not, are you talking see, about? Are you saying school shootings essentially? Or is no, that no, no, no. She says not in school shootings. She said out by the pool, you know, uh, just from just from guns. Okay, well, wait a minute. There's a difference between somebody, some kid getting a hold of a gun that shouldn't. You know, because parents didn't lock it up or whatever, and they're you know in the you know in the playroom, and there's dad's gun. And they pick it up and they accidentally shoot themselves. There's a difference between that and suicide, that mm-hmm. and you know uh, gang violence. There's a huge difference. Where is the cutoff for kids? Right. I mean, it it really does depend. I mean, if you but if that's uh, if there's thirty thousand roughly uh, gun deaths in the United States, if you include everything, and then if seven a day for children would be about 2,500, right, for the day. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, I think that's – it's not uh, out of the line of what you would think is uh, is the number. Of course, it does matter who, what how you're counting. How and what yeah. we're – yeah. Exactly. What they're trying – of course, the pa- the picture they're trying to paint is seven kids a day get shot as they're just sitting in school in the cafeteria because right. of school shootings. They're right. trying to – Well, to, she says right. – she go ahead and play the rest. Mm-hmm. Children and teenagers. And they won't just die in mass shootings. They'll die on sidewalks. They'll die in playgrounds. They'll die in people's backyards. Mm-hmm. Gun violence is a national health emergency in this country. Stop. And we need to- really important. A national health emergency. Why do you think they are pushing uh, Trump on the border? Why do you think they are making it so he only can take emergency presidential powers oh, to do it? They want him to do that so, so badly, badly because they're going to do the same thing right here. Correct. Mm-hmm. And they're setting it up right now. This is a national health emergency. We have to do something about guns. Now, she goes on. as only Elizabeth Warren could possibly do in smoke signals. Watch. And we need to treat it like that. So what can we do? We can do the things that are sensible. We can do the universal background checks. We can ban the weapons of war. (laughs) But we can also double down on the research and find out what really works. Where it is that we can make the differences at the margins that will keep our children safe. 
We need to treat okay. this like the Thank virus you, that's killing our children. Uh, you didn't address the virus. You, you we the have to treat this. Needs to go and figure out a way to get the guns that are so already out there. What Even I think we need to do is quickly. we need to treat it like a serious research problem, which we have not done. A serious you know, stop, stop, stop. We have not mm-hmm. done a serious research. Uh, on on what works, what doesn't oh, work. Oh, look at John Lott's book. There's a lot of serious uh, research <laughs> really in that. Serious research doesn't seem like they the like things, that one though. Yeah, the things you're doing in research shows it doesn't make any difference. Everything you propose makes no difference. And there's lots of serious research done on their assault weapons ban, which showed right. no effect at all. There's they a lot of- had an assault weapons ban. Mm-hmm. It was repealed didn't because work. it didn't work. Well, it expired, but yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't renewed because it did nothing. Uh, Correct. The, the much more aggressive policies in places like Australia also, lots mm-hmm. of serious research done on those mm-hmm. that showed that there was no impact whatsoever on homicide rates. Uh, but, you know, hey, let's. I, this is a very common left-wing talking point, which is they won't even let us research guns. And, you can uh, research anything right. you want. But the, they, A, they, they're talking about the federal government paying for that research, which, of course, is a big a part of it. And one of the protections, this is, goes back years, and Democrats were involved in this at the beginning, was we aren't going to allow money to go and do all sorts of research on gun owners because... There's, you know, the, the the concept being that what they're going to do is is a violate the privacy of gun owners, which and b try mm-hmm. to overturn this right of theirs that is constitutionally guaranteed. So to get certain restrictions on guns, they said, well, we will promise you that we're not going to make a registry of of, of mm-hmm. gun owners and all of these things. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, obviously, it's been some time. People forget that, so they've completely reversed their position on it. But this was not a, a right wing position. It used to be very American that you mm-hmm. don't want the government going in and you know. No, a register. Lists. Yeah, a, a register is the first is the first way, uh, the first step to gun control and gun banning. And Cory Booker called for that last night. <laughs> I I love here. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Booker on guns. Oh. Well, first of all, I want to say my colleague and I both have been hearing this on the campaign trail. Mm. But what's even worse is I hear gunshots in my neighborhood. I think I'm the only one. I hope I'm the only one on this panel here that had seven people shot in their neighborhood just last week. Someone I knew, Shahad Smith, was killed with an assault rifle at the top of my block last year. All right, stop. Does <laughs> anyone think? About. Does anyone think that Cory Booker lives in the ghetto? I do not. Okay, mm-hmm. what he just let me just translate uh, political bullcrap into English because I speak political bullcrap now, not fluently. It's not my first language, but I've well, learned first it. language is Pig Latin, right? Pig, right? <laughs> yes, Pig Latin. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I also speak. Uh, political bullcrap. So let me translate this to uh, to uh, English. Uh, I hope I'm the only one. I think I am because I'm the only one that lives in New Jersey uh, that has you know some of the most stringent laws. Uh, but even in the really nice sections of New Jersey, because you know <laughs> I'm a pretty powerful guy, and I'm not going to be living in the slums. I'm not going to be living in you know places. You know, like Chicago, you can live it up or you can live in places where they're shooting people all the time. But my town and my state and the town that I was you know, mayor of is so horrible through and through that even the nice neighborhoods where where a senator can live. uh, It's so bad that I'm hearing gunshots in the middle of the night and seven people were shot in my neighborhood. So what I'm really trying to say is, good Lord, help us. New Jersey's completely out of control. 
Anyway, that's what he actually was saying yes, uh, last night. But the political speech was, oh, my gosh, guns are just guns are out of control. I mean, I think I'm the only one, but it's coming to your neighborhood, too. Well, yes, if you live in New Jersey. It's a weird thing to brag about, considering he was in control of the city through <laughs> yeah. large portions of this time. Yeah. Like he could have had an influence in yeah. theory, yeah, uh, about how the city was doing. No, and, well, no, you can't no. because they've already enacted all of the bans. New Jersey, you don't want to go to New Jersey with a gun. You're, you're, oh, believe me, I know that. I used to live a block away from it, and I was ter- <laughs> in legitimately terrified of it because I, I lived one block from the river. Uh, that separates Pennsylvania and yeah. New Jersey. I was on the Pennsylvania side, and Pennsylvania has you know relatively normal, I would say, gun laws. You know, not not super, you know, it's not, not super, lax, not but, lax, but, but not restrictive. And so, you know, you you might put if you have a gun, you might put it in your trunk. You might have it with you. You yeah. know, there's a lot of things you might do. You go to prison. But you go no across question. that bridge one step into New Jersey, they pull you over, and you could go to prison for years. Yeah, like I, I, I was, I was terrified to take it anywhere because I, I just mistakenly forget it in the back, in the back, or or go to the, the gas station that I would go to. That's right across the bridge. You know, or it, like because you know, of course, gas is inexpensive in New Jersey in comparison. Mm-hmm. So you'd cross the bridge a lot of times, and if you forget, and I, you could legitimately go to prison for multiple years. And it's happened to people. No, I, it's happened to average citizens. I would fly out of Newark. I, I remember distinctively one time I flew out of Newark, New Jersey, and I was taking my gun because I was going out west, and I was going to go do some shooting. So I bring my gun with me. And I remember having like an hour long conversation. Okay, I'm going into New Jersey. Uh, okay, don't have any hollow points. Make sure there's no hollow points. Uh, you know what is the what is the magazine supposed to be? Is it is the magazine supposed to be in the glove box and the gun is in the trunk of the car? And then walking in with a locked case into the airport in New Jersey. And, and I was treated like I was a terrorist. Mm-hmm. I brought the gun up and they told me I had it in two separate cases. I had the ammunition in one locked case and I had the gun in one locked case. Okay. Unless the gun or the ammunition suddenly became Houdini and they were also sexually attracted to, <laughs> to each other. There was no way they were going to get out and mate on the plane underneath the plane. Oh, my gosh. The the airline told me I needed it in three pieces and three pieces of locked luggage. Uh, And so we had to we had to do all of that. And then the airline lost my luggage. They shipped it up to Canada. So my gun was going around a carousel up in Quebec, Canada, and nobody approached it for a while because the entire nation of Canada surrendered to my luggage. (laughs) It's crazy what's going on. <laughs> but Cory Booker, he's uh, he's afraid for his life. So last night, I think we were very clear. Your gun rights are going to be infringed, if not taken away, if these radicals uh, find themselves in office. And it was important to notice that all of them talked about an emergency. This is why they are not doing anything down on the border, because they need Trump to declare an emergency through executive order and take over the border. Once he does that, they are all going to sit in their office and laugh. They'll be outraged, but they will laugh because they know when they get into office, 
It's a national emergency on climate change. It is a national emergency on gun laws. It's a national emergency on speech. It will become a dictatorship. No ifs, ands, or buts. Once you start going and legislating or not legislating, just declaring national emergencies, president has all the power he wants. And if you get somebody who wants to do that and start bypassing the system, which I believe the Democrats are now setting up for, that's a problem. And it's a problem for Republicans. It's a it's a problem if Democrats do it. It's a problem. All right. Uh, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's real estate agents. I over a thousand active agents right now, but we have a waiting list of about 5,000 that are wanting to join us. Here's the thing. We take our time vetting these agents. They all personally have to be vetted. We, we, we want to make sure that we don't have people. Did you know I was, I heard Pat say today, I had forgotten about this. Um, Pat's tried to do insurance sales. I think he was a real estate agent for a while. He's, I mean, he, he was an Amway salesman for a while. He just was like, I got to get out of radio. Yeah, I remember this period. Yeah, okay. It didn't work out. It did not work out well. No, none you, of us have actual skills. No, no, no skills whatsoever. I mean, I'm hoping in end days, somebody's going to need somebody to, you know, tell you the stories of, you know, the day. Hey, you know, you know, Cannibal Bill over there. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about him around the campfire so they don't eat me. We have no skills. Anyway. <laughs> Pat really has no skills outside of radio when it comes to doing things. And he was a real estate agent. You wouldn't want him. You wouldn't want him. Okay. No. You could trust him. He's a nice guy, but he's not going to sell your house. Okay. <laughs> we make sure that we vet every single person. They have to exemplify the truth lives here. They have to have experience. They have to be the best. This is not a sponsor I recommend. This is my company. My team works diligently to ensure that our agents live up to their promise to me to best serve you with your biggest investment. It's a free service. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So you can say, that's a real estate agent I trust. realestateagentsitrust.com. We break for 10 seconds. All right. Let's do a quick, let's do a quick residence update for Cory Booker. Okay, so it, it is part of his shtick that he lives kind of in the neighborhood where he used to live. Uh, he mm-hmm. lives in a condo now. Um, uh, the average house price in all of New Jersey is three hundred and thirty thousand dollars, I believe it wow. is. And uh, his in Newark has a, a condo at four hundred and thirty-five thousand um, dollars. Now that is, uh, it's a they keep, a lot of people call it modest. Now, of course, he's not there all that often. Obviously, he lives in Washington, D.C. When he had a choice to go to Washington, D.C., he picked an, a, a place with the average neighborhood income of $150,000 and what Forbes has deemed, quote, America's sixth, sixth hippest hipster neighborhood. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he's a man of the hipsters. Yes, yes. Uh, so that is Cory Booker. So th- this is part of his brand. That I swear I still live in Newark in a pl- place close to where I grew up. Right. And but, he lives, so he lives in a condo, an expensive condo yeah. in, in, uh, in Newark, New Jersey. So if you're living in Newark and you're in a high rise, you're not living in the burbs. You're living in the inner city. So, yeah, no one, no one that's sane ever says, 
Hey, you know what? Let's go to Newark. Have you thought about buying a condo in Newark? No. I don't even want to stop at the train station no, in Newark on the right. You don't. I don't want to go to the airport mm-hmm. in Newark. I mean, Newark is not a good place. And again, this guy had a lot of control over that. Well, he was only the mayor. Right. For yeah. a long so, time. A long time. So yeah. No big deal. No big deal on that. Um, all right. We're going to get into Medicare. Uh, also, um, uh, what's her name? Tulsi, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Gabbard. Mm-hmm. She she did really well, but she was one of those that I think the average Americans were like, who's who's oh. who's this? Oh yeah, I mean the the her, her no one knows who she is. I mean, unless you really follow this stuff, you're not going to know who Tulsi Gabbard is. Yeah. She, but she I th- thought did pretty well last well, night. She did really well against the other guy who I went. Who the hell is this? Oh yeah, Tim Ryan. Ooh, that was oh, a disaster. My gosh, that guy should be out today. Yeah, he his wife should sit him down and go, uh, honey. honey. I love you. But, but no one else gonna, does. Nobody else does. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Stop. Stop. You're spending the kids' education money. And uh, stop. I'm sure he's not spending the kids' education money. Well, who's <laughs> donating to that campaign? After, after that t- performance, I would not, say not many people. Not many people. We have that. Also, Castro on uh, trans abortions. That, that was an interesting moment. <laughs> oh, this is so fun. We're all going to die, but we're all going to die laughing uh, on the way. You're listening to Glenn Beck. We've been telling you a lot lately about how Google and Facebook are trying to silence conservative voices. Did you see what happened on Reddit yesterday? Yeah, some ban with a what, the, what was it a Trump forum? Uh, yeah, Trump forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this, make no mistake, the algorithms and everything else. This is silencing people before an election. That's what's happening. Uh, so they're they're you know they're, this is a powerful reminder that cyberspace is like a <laughs> it's like Cory Booker's neighborhood. It's a dangerous place to be. Um, there is a company that can help you that knows the dark alleys and how to avoid them uh, because people are trying to invade your privacy. They invade your phone, your desktop, your tablet. They steal your private information. They steal your identity. They also uh, just track you online. You need a VPN. It stops most of this. VPN. Go to Norton Secure VPN. That's a virtual private network. Nobody's following you. Nobody's tracking you. Just head to Norton.com slash VPN. Protection starts at three thirty three a month. Norton.com slash VPN. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go. Get all that you need from conservative content and all the analysis from last night's debate. Use the promo code Glenn. Alrighty. Uh, hello, Pat Gray. Hello, Glenn Beck. Uh, my Net- thoughts and my prayers are going to be with you tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, Thank Pat you. is going I, under the knife. I'm a little offended by that. Is that all you uh, got? That's all I got. Thoughts that's and prayers. I'm going to think about you, and I'm going to be like, hey, Lord, help him out, would you? <laughs> uh, but that's all I really am going to do. Can that's I uh, clear do. one thing up? I've yeah. never sold real estate, okay? Only realtors are members of the National Association okay, of Realty. Okay, so you've never been a real I've estate I've never been a real you estate agent. You have been agent. an Amway salesman. I was not an Amway salesman either. Yes, you were. No, Aflac. I was yes. not. I've been an Aflac salesman before the duck when nobody knew what the hell Aflac was. Aflac. And so you can imagine. So you were selling insurance? So I was, I was selling insurance. No, you went yes. through a period. No, I sold do insurance. Not, do not test me on this. 
Don't you test also, you. It's my life. You also, <laughs> you tried to sell me products. Never, not once, did I ever try to sell you a product. No, this okay, only okay, happened okay. for a couple of months <laughs> while yes. I was out of work. And I thought, okay, radio's not working. So I went, this is 25 years ago. Yeah. I went into Aflac sales for a couple of months and try were... to educate people on what Aflac is because they don't have any idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's my health insurance. No, it's it's a supplemental thing to your health insurance <laughs> so that you get a check when I don't know. I don't understand. So what you're sell. saying? So you're really good at yeah, sell, really good. selling it. So yeah, what really you were saying? <laughs> what you were saying here is this economy does not work for didn't work well, for you. you mm. No, it did not. It didn't only work. works for the bourgeoisie. You know yeah, that. I found I that out on that. the Karl Marx Memorial stage last night. <laughs> it was crazy. I, every word out of their mouth was a lie or Marxist theory. Everything. And they might as well be using the word bourgeoisie because that's what they continually talk about in this class warfare. And the proletariat is being left behind. And that have you ever seen anything like this? No, I've never seen anything like this. I've never. I've, All well, of let them. Me, wait, 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 wait. I got to go to this. Here's Castro on trans abortion. No, Secretary Castro, this one is for you. All of you on stage support a woman's right to an abortion. You all support some version of a government health care option. Would your plan cover abortion, Mr. Secretary? Uh, yes, it would. Uh, I don't believe only in reproductive uh, freedom. I believe in reproductive justice. Nice catchphrase. You know, what that means is that just because a woman, or let's also not forget yeah. someone in the trans community, Thank a you. trans female, oh my God. Right? Uh, Wait, is so, poor, doesn't uh, mean they shouldn't have okay. exercise. He said trans female, but I think he means trans man, right? A person who's transitioning to a female. Being a man into a female. Into a female. Right. Okay, so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Wait. I am so... What? So started as a female. No. No. Started as a man. Transitioned to a female. Because so remember... It, no, it's got to be the other way around. No. Have an abortion. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Men can have babies. But I think right. he's talking about a, <laughs> a person, a woman... Starting out as a woman mm-hmm. who maybe is transitioning to a man, but and gets now she's pregnant. a man, but she can have, but she gets whoa, pregnant. Whoa, whoa, why? But, sorry, the but, hatred? He, but sorry, but Wait he gets pregnant. Why the so. hatred from this guy? <laughs> what about men? Because uh-huh. I am so tempted to do this. If I were twenty, mm-hmm. I would do this just to stir it up. Okay, <laughs> I would say I want to have a baby. And then I would have them implant a baby because men can have babies too now. Mm-hmm. So I implant mm-hmm. a baby and then demand a government paid for abortion. I, you, la- <laughs> you know, I think uh, if you happen to have a uh, membership to Blaze TV, blazetv.com yes. slash Glenn, promo mm-hmm. code Glenn, uh, you can uh, uh, get over to uh, Stephen Crowder's program. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Stephen dressed up as a woman, said he was a trans a, a tr- person transitioning. I acquired urine from Craigslist from a pregnant woman, so went to a Planned Parenthood, said they were pregnant, and asked for an abortion. I, I swear he did this bit. Does anyone? Yeah, is he, did. he did. Right? Yes, yeah, so he, he did. actually did this. He did. And, and Planned Parenthood was going along with it, even though, obviously, Stephen he, no, no, looks no. nothing like a woman. Right, but even Jeez. though they knew he was a man, and if your urine comes back, I mean, he took the thing and he poured it into, you know, their testing. They did the testing, Okay. And and he came back pregnant. Came back pregnant, but for a man, that is a sign of prostate cancer. 
And they wouldn't even say, hey, you should have your prostate (laughs) checked, okay, because they had to accept blindly that he was a woman. Wow. Even though it's Steven Crowder in a dress. It's crazy. Okay. Oh, my gosh. It It was so clear it was a man, and any doctor knows that's a sign you can't be pregnant. You can't be pregnant. As a man, you cannot be pregnant. So if your pee shows that you're pregnant that is a clear sign you have prostate cancer and they did nothing it was Um, unbelievable unbelievable at one point in the debate last night cory booker said you know we a huge problem we have in this country is we will just we have it right oh we do i believe we have it about helping helping african-american trans-americans let's let's see if this is the clip (laughs) here it is listen to this look Civil rights is some place to begin, but in the African-American civil rights community, another place to focus on was to stop the lynching of African-Americans. We do not talk enough about trans-Americans, especially African-American trans-Americans, and the control of murder right now. We don't talk enough about how many children, about 30% of LGBTQ kids, who do not go to school because of fear. It's not enough just to be on the Equality Act. I'm an original co-sponsor. We need to have a president that will fight to protect LGBTQ Americans every single day. What about two-spirited? Yeah, they're not going nearly enough down the uh, alphabet to get to the LGBTQ2+. They've completely left out the questioning. They've left out the intersex. They left out the asexual. Mm -hmm. They've left out the two-spirit and the plus people. I'm right. pissed. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Why can't they be inclusive? If a, if a society was designed from scratch, right? Yeah. With their uh-huh. sole goal to talk about transgendered people, could we talk about it more? I no. mean, we spend like 80% of our time, I think, talking about transgender people, where they can go to the bathroom, no, 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 how no. they're going to get their surgeries, no. how beautiful every <laughs> single one of them are. There's not one ugly transgender how you person. you are bigoted if you won't if you, date if you a won't trans. If you won't date a transgender. Uh-huh. I mean, we are, this is, now, transgender uh, population uh, estimated to be at 0.6% of America. Mm-hmm. What the African-American transgender population, I guess, what, <laughs> no, a, no. T- roughly how a tenth of dare that. dare you? How dare you? Get it right. African-American, trans-American person. Okay, so they're, they're transitioning between here and Mexico? What do, you, what do you mean trans-American? That's what they were called by Cory Booker. Okay. Tra- African-American, trans-American. Okay, so that person is what, maybe 0.06% of the population. I mean, I, I, we talk about it. All the time. Every series I turn on has a trans character in it now. Yeah. I mean, I look, transgender people deserve all the rights that everyone else gets. And by the way, that's it. They don't deserve extra ones, but they deserve the exact amount of rights that everyone else has. But could we possibly talk about it more? It's like they're every one of these debates guys, we need to have a conversation. It's about like this. they're 89. All we're doing is having conversations about this. That's all it we is. do all day. Yeah. It's like they're 89% of the population, yeah. not yeah. 0.6. Yeah. And, and if you are hetero, you don't you you don't even have a place at the table. No, and you I have no place at the table. And you do not need to talk about our heterosexual. Please, we don't need any more talk about who we're having sex with. We can, I swear, or what gender we are. We have way too much gender and sex talk. Do we not? I mean, it's it it, it, it is perfectly uh, aligned with the Democratic Party in that, like everything is identity politics. So of course they want to talk about that more. 
That's all they care about is what group you're in. That's it. You looked at it last night. I think Castro did well, largely because everyone was afraid of saying anything bad about him because he's Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Every single time immigration came up, all the other candidates, I agree with Julio Ca- Julio Castro over there. <laughs> See, because his last name's Castro, I agree with him. That makes me good. And and he's sitting there like I'm at zero percent. Why are they treating me like I'm leading? They were all trying to kiss his ass. He's at zero percent. But they're so focused on the identity stuff that they can't help themselves. I have to play. I have to play Beto's answer on the seventy percent income tax. Oh, God. are you for seventy percent awesome. income? Are you for the federal government just leaving people with thirty percent of what they work for? Here's his answer. This economy has got to work <laughs> can't answer for everyone, and right now we know that it isn't, and it's mm, going to take all not? of us coming together to make sure. That it does. Yeah. Necesitamos incluir <laughs> el éxito de esta economía. Pero si queremos hacer eso, necesitamos oh incluir cada persona en nuestra democracia. Uh-huh. Uh, cada votar, ca- cada votante necesitamos mm-hmm. la representación mm-hmm. y cada voz necesitamos escuchar. Right now Taco we Bell. have a system that favors those who can pay for access and outcomes. That's how you explain an economy that is rigged uh, to corporations and to the very wealthiest. A $2 trillion tax cut that favored corporations while they were sitting on record piles of cash and the very wealthiest in this country oh at a time of historic wealth inequality. A new democracy that is revived because we return power to the people. No packs, no gerrymandering, Mm -hmm. automatic and same-day voter registration to bring in more voters, Mm -hmm. and a new Voting Rights Act to get rid of the barriers that are in place now. That's how we each have a voice in our democracy and make this economy work for everybody. That's time, sir. I'll give you 10 seconds to answer. If you want to answer the direct question, would you support a 70% individual marginal tax rate? Yes, no, or pass? I would support a, a tax rate and a tax code that is fair to everyone. Tax capital mm. at the same rate that you, you tax ordinary income. Take that corporate tax rate oh, wow. up to 28%. You would generate okay. the revenues you need to pay for but the program. He won't, he won't answer the main time. question. No. Won't say yes. Won't he won't say, say no. yes or no to the 70% yes tax. No. This party's he, now embarrassed to say no, not 70%. That's yeah, amazing. They can't. And they won't. They, they just won't say it. Instead, he, he wants to raise the capital gains to, what, the upper tax bracket, which is 40%. Wasn't it Beto that said uh, that he will not take a vice presidential uh, position if the if the president on the ticket is a male? Because it's time we have a, uh, a, a oh, vice president gosh. that's female. What about a trans president? Well, that's what I was thinking. But I, I just... Beto, I just want you to know, after your performance last night, nobody wants you. You're not going, <laughs> you're not going to be vice president of the local beekeepers club. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't asking. have to worry about no, it. No, uh, no, America finally sees you for exactly what you are, a zero. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Good luck with the uh, surgery. We will pay, Thank pray you. for you tomorrow. I, I will tell you, though, that our health care system is so bad. Oh, it's you're, broken. You're, it's broken. You're going to be piled in yeah, the street. Right. Just, I know. And it's weird because I, didn't we get Obamacare? I thought that was supposed to cure yeah, we, all of yeah, this. We and, did. and all they huh. did was complain about how bad the health care system was. It's incredible. These people just passed a giant program that told they said it was going to fix all of this. And here they are two or three years later. Oh, yeah. Wow. This is a disaster. We need a whole new program. <laughs> Well, I do believe there were one, two, three, three people Mm -hmm. that were saying, 
They're only going to come back and say this has failed, and that's why we need a single-payer system. Yeah, and you know how many how many fact checks did we need to endure as conservatives when we said it was oh, all Oh, they about always called payer. it false. They oh, false. always said it was false. It doesn't, it's not right? a single-payer. Uh-huh. Obama doesn't believe in that. He said it. <laughs> yeah, he said it. He also said the opposite. And and all of the people who designed this specifically tell us it's going to be single payer eventually. And here we are like one election later and every candidate up there is like, yeah, of course, single payer, obviously. It's incredible. <laughs> it's nuts. Mm. It's not incredible. Seriously, where are you going to move? I was talking to a guy last <laughs> night and he said, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I think I'm going to move to Switzerland. He said I was talking to some Swiss, you know, uh, people family and i said swiss family robinson and he didn't laugh and i said uh he said uh, yeah we were you know we we went with a swiss family to antarctica for for a month <laughs> and i'm like you're gonna build a house in antarctica he's like no switzerland i'm like okay i can't follow your mm-hmm. travels okay but i as i said to him where are you gonna go maybe antarctica would be safe switzerland is switzerland isn't necessarily safe from insanity look what's happening in europe if we continue down this road, we are looking at there's no America left. There's no engine left. All right. Our sponsor this half hour uh, is X chair was great to broadcast up from the ranch a couple of weeks ago, but I don't have an X chair there. And that's the one thing that I missed. I didn't miss Stu. didn't really miss. Well, oh. I miss Pat a little bit, but not Stu. Wow. Uh, but I did miss my uh, X chair a great deal. We just got word from the manufacturer that many businesses today, some of their material costs have gone up, so they are going to need to institute a price increase because of the tariffs. Now is the time to get your X chair. Do it right now before there's any kind of price increase that goes into into effect. This is a chance to get an amazing chair that will transform, transform your work life, save money, but prices go up on July 8th. I don't think I've ever had a sponsor that has been so transparent with the audience and said, hey, we got problems with the steel, and so we're going to have to increase prices. So you have it right now. Go get an X chair. You will pay less money. The price increase does happen July 8th. Xchairbeck.com or call 844-4X-Chair. Use the promo code X-Wheels. You're going to get a set of the free new X-Wheels. Prices go up July 8th. $100 off right now. Xchairbeck.com. Okay, we have the uh, Museum 12 score and three years ago happening uh, this weekend. Uh, Yesterday, we said uh, Brent Gray is the winner. Yesterday, we said if you are uh, going to... um, uh, come and you buy your tickets in the you know in the next uh, in the next day we're going to draw your name you can upgrade to a tour with me or anybody else where's Brent from or Gray uh, yeah Brent he's from Texas and how many people five people coming on a tour with me uh, if you would like to do this uh, it's it starts this Saturday runs till July seventh you buy your tickets between now and midnight we'll draw another name tomorrow. Uh, and that could be you, and you can upgrade to a tour with Stu or me or or uh, or David Barton, any of us. All you have to do is go to mercuryone.org, buy your tickets now. You will not regret this. This is a really amazing Mercury pop-up museum, 12 score and three years ago. Uh, learn from history. We have never had it more clear on the repeating of history as you will see in this museum. 
More in a second. I'm Hillary, and now here's Glenn and Steve with the next hour of our show. Great, thanks. Let me tell you about American Finance. American Financing is absolutely fantastic. I just spent about two hours with people of American Financing yesterday, and uh, we were talking about how, you know, the wolves are out right now. The same practices that everybody was doing with the banking system happening again. Oh, wow, the interest rates are really low, and, you know, you could go with no money down, et cetera, et cetera. And I talked to them about real financial security and they said look we we work for the client and they may come in and say hey we're gonna we really want to do this no money down and we want a balloon payment or whatever it is and they said we turn people down we'll say if you want to do that here's where you can go and do that but we don't want to unwrite that because we think it's going to cause you trouble that's why I got into business with American Financing in the first place. These are the people that I trust. They're salary-based mortgage consultants. They have your financial security at, you know, at the top of their mind when they work with you. Please go to AmericanFinancing.net if you want to refi, if you want to uh, consolidate, or if you want to buy your next home. American Financing, 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. So there was a lot of uh, answers that climate change was our, our biggest threat last night. Uh, but only one person said that Russia was our biggest threat. And it is. It's China or Russia. Well, maybe Iran. I don't I don't know. They're all such big threats in different ways. We should talk to an expert. We have that expert with us. And uh, her credentials with the CIA are amazing. If you've ever watched Mission Impossible... Um, that kind of, in a roundabout way, a lot of that involved her. All the mask making and everything else, that's this person's story. And you actually know her story from movies. But we're going to talk to her about her new book and also the threat posed overseas. And are we prepared for it in one minute? This is the Glenn Beck Program. So if you're in constant pain, I know what it is like. Americans, we've got about 50 million people that are missing work due to pain. 50 million. Now, Americans spend about $2,000 a year to combat their pain, and 66% take whatever it is they're taking, and they just expect it to be this way for the rest of their life. They just are going to be in constant pain. That's no way to live your life. I started taking Relief Factor about 18 months ago, and I believe in it. Now, there's a lot of people that will go and they do commercials for Relief Factor, and that's good. Uh, but they, they didn't need it or they're not on it. I'm on it, and I needed it, and I took it reluctantly because I didn't think it would work, and it does. Relief Factor. I feel the best I've felt in five years. 100% drug-free, created by doctors. There's a three-week quick start. It's 1995. That way, if it doesn't work in three weeks, it's not going to. So take it for three weeks as directed. You take it, 70% of the people who order that order more month after month after month. I do. 18 months, I'm still taking it three times a day. Join me and get your life back with Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Tell them all I want is to wake up. Tell them all I want is to feel. 
Uh, I want to I want to bring on our guest, uh, Jonna Mendez. She is the author of The Moscow Rules. She is the former chief of disguise at the CIA. Um, and uh, we'll get into some of her other things that w- and how you know her in just a second. First of all, uh, Jonna, welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you. I'm I'm great. It's good to be here. Uh, so you were the you were the former chief of disguise, which the CIA, if I understand this right, didn't have until they started watching the old Mission Impossible series, and they were like, "Hey, Jonna, can we do that?" There was a disguise capability, but it was uh, not dormant. It it wasn't uh, widely used, and it wasn't really well thought of. It was it was uh, my husband who really went in and stirred things up and started bringing some creativity to what we did with disguise, how we used it, uh, and it became uh, it became just an incredible tool. So how come we weren't using the, I mean, when you think of spies, you do now think of Mission Impossible, which, by the way, we don't have the masks like that, right? Uh, we do have masks. We have uh, we watched Mission Impossible for years sort of out of the corner of our eyes while we were developing our own program. What they show in Mission Impossible on screen is it's a lot of CGI. It's a lot yeah, of right. fudging. Um, what we needed was something you could put on in 10 seconds and take off in five and something that you could brief uh, brief uh, uh, someone in something that animated something that actually was realistic and we developed that and we used those extensively and the guy who was first did the work on planet of the apes is he the guy who helped develop the the masks that's with you began, that's where it began with us uh, his name was john chambers he was he was the first hollywood makeup expert to get a, a star on the walk of fame to get a, an oscar uh, he did Planet of the Apes. We didn't want to turn people into apes, right. but we were really interested in his technology and his materials. Uh, that was really the beginning of our mask program. We went way past what they do in movies. Um, they have lights. They have retakes. They have all kinds of opportunities to make it right. We had one shot when we're using a mask on the streets of Moscow. And had it had to be it had to be difficult because without lights and and masks and heavy makeup and everything else, that sometimes, you know, when you see people uh in heavy makeup, etc., it's very obvious and it it would be really difficult to make it look real and not like a rubber mask. Well, the parameters of our mask, you had to be able to put it on in a parking garage, in an unlit parking garage, get out of the car and know that it was perfect, that it, that it was aligned, that it was registered, that it was on, and that it would not draw any attention. With the hair and everything? Yeah. So with the hair and everything, you would just pull it over your head like a stocking cap? Mm, not quite like a stocking cap, but yeah, it, it, you would pull it on and you would pull it off. I stood in front of uh, George H.W. Bush in the Oval Office. When he was president, I was wearing one. I had just briefed him. I told him I was there to show him a new product. He said, well, he looked at my hands. He looked around. I didn't have a bag. He said, well, where is it? And I, I did a Tom Cruise reveal, actually. I put my finger under one side of it and just peeled it off of my face. And Britain Oh, my gosh. There, Nunu was there. Bob Gates was there. And they were all incredulous at, um, 
at how good it was. Oh, my gosh. Um, You you and your husband also are the author of Argo, which was made into a movie. You went in, uh, or your husband husband did. You did not go in, did you? I did not. I I watched from the sidelines, holding my breath. I bet. Um, Tell me a little bit, tell me about that in case anybody doesn't know about Argo and, and what you and your husband were involved in. Well, Tony Mendez was a, was an artist. He was hired as an artist by the CIA. He had a very creative mind. And when the Iranian Revolution happened and um, 60-some Americans were taken hostage at our embassy after it was overrun, six escaped out a back door. They were on the streets of Tehran, didn't know where to go. The Canadians, bless their hearts, took them in. And the Canadians held on to these American we called them house guests. They called them house guests. They kept them for 84 days. But someone had to come up with a, a way to get them out of the country. And Tony, with his connections to Hollywood, uh, came up with an idea of disguising them as a Hollywood location scouting party, looking for just the right bazaar for their movie. He said everyone knows that Hollywood is a little bit crazy. This, <laughs> this was a plausible cover, they thought. So Tony went in, gave them all their new bios, their new names, their new histories, their new backgrounds. He said, learn it. Learn it. You have two days. And he walked them out through the Tehran airport, through the Revolutionary Guards with their trigger finger um, attitude with their guns at their side. That airport was a dangerous, dangerous place. Walked them out. And everybody went home safe and happy. And we still see those six house guests. We still see them maybe once a year. We uh, we, we bump into them frequently. Uh, I just got a letter from one saying, how many times can we thank you for saving our lives? That's amazing. That's Very amazing. Um, and it's it's amazing to me. You were in you were in Moscow, the Moscow rules, um, which it means means what exactly the Moscow rules? Well, I gave a book talk last night in Seattle, and the, the, the chief of station Moscow, the CIA chief of station Moscow, who is in the book, was at the talk last night. He said that one rule that you put in, uh, uh, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, before Muhammad Ali picked that up as a, as a, as a, a motto, that was the CIA station in Moscow. That was our mantra. And uh, Jack was very pleased to see that it was in the book. They are rules of comportment. They are rules of behavior when you're smothered within, with, with, with surveillance. But you still have to communicate with the Russians who are providing us with intelligence. Uh, what are you going to do? These, these were the rules that allowed you to stay safe, to keep your agent safe, most importantly, to keep the agent safe. Because if you were found out, you would simply be thrown out of the country and embarrassed with newspaper photos. But if that agent was exposed, and that's what they wanted, was the agent, he would be arrested, taken to Lubyanka, he would be executed, he would be shot in the back of the head. They did it over and over and over. And when Aldrich Ames, that huge Aldrich Ames case, Mm -hmm. the treasonous CIA officer, Mm -hmm. about a dozen Russians were arrested and killed because Mm -hmm. Aldrich Ames exposed them so um do, do we have moscow rules now i mean if i if i understand this uh, right it's rules that we all kind of play by um in some regard uh where we don't 
have those rules anymore um or is that just basic spy etiquette and moscow rules are different this these rules will always be morphing and changing as tactics evolve so in the new cyber verse that we all live in i'm sure that there is a um a technological bent to these rules now that was not there then. But a lot of these are kind of evergreen. One of them is don't harass the opposition, which means, pardon me, but it means don't piss off your surveillance because they will come after you, and they can do that. They can bumper lock you. They can smother you with surveillance. There was a, There's an incident at the very beginning of the book that happened in 2016, um, where an American diplomat is is trying to exit a taxi and walk into his American embassy at 3 o'clock in the morning. He's attacked and he's beaten to a bloody pulp, and he's medevaced out the next day. He never could go back. They broke his clavicle. This man was really wounded. When Tony Mendez, my husband, uh, saw the YouTube video of that attack, Tony looked at me and said, never harass the opposition. They will, they will get so we don't know what he did, but he really, really ticked him off. So um, we're talking to John Mendez. She was former chief of disguise at CIA. Her husband uh, was uh, the lead character, if you will, I think played by Ben Affleck in uh, Argo. Um, she was a CIA officer working on Moscow and, and, and other areas. Um, what looking at this, I'm sure you and your uh, husband, um, you know, have so much experience to be able to look at and say, here's what everybody's missing. What is the what is the what poses the biggest threat to us right now? Do you think is it is it technology? Is it China, Iran, Russia? Global warming. What 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 do you see? Is, 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 there, a, is there a is there a box for all of the above? I mean, every one of those is a serious, profound threat. Every one of them. Every one of them is an opportunity to stumble into uh, or, or overexcite or react. Every one of them is a, 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 a bomb waiting to go off if, if we play it wrong. So, Putin, I don't know. We're, Putin we're said, a, a much more intricate place than it used to be. Putin, it, Putin go ahead. I'm sorry. You, Putin? What did you... I was going to say, Putin, Putin says that we're already in World War Three. Uh, the West just doesn't recognize it. You know, what I think is, uh, I think that we are still in the Cold War, and, and that even the, the title of this book is slightly misleading, because you could make a pretty strong case, and it grows stronger all the time, that the Cold War perhaps never ended, but that it just went dormant, that it just was, you know, at a, at a low burn for a while. Yeah, I think this, uh, you, the same people, just they just changed uniforms. <laughs> you and I are on the same page on that. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it that, that that dawned on me about, I don't know, 20 years ago when we thought we won. And then I went, wait a minute. But where did all the old communists go? Where they just took off their uniform and started using different titles and put on a suit and they're still running it. I'm looking at uh, a paragraph at the very end of our book talking about the Cold War. And it says the game has changed. This is part of that great game. It's become more of a contact sport, rougher, mm -hmm. the rules more elastic, the prize more precious. 
uh, Putin's attempts to manipulate the U.S. government have broadened the playing field and taken the game into new territory, the U.S. political arena. And we go on and talk about his goal of destabilizing the West. Mm-hmm. And, and these Russian intelligence officers have tools that we could not have imagined 20 years ago. The cyber tools, the, the digital tools. Are we prepared for what we're facing? I'm pretty confident. We, we came out of the technical side, the, the DDS&T, uh, Directorate of Science and Technology at CIA. We were the Q. We were the gadget guys. But we were much more than gadgets. I think our technical expertise absolutely at least matches what they have and probably overmatches what we have. America's power in that, in that area is profound. Good. Uh, I, I feel good that we can counter any threat that they, that they offer, and, and we can uh, probably do some interesting counterattacking on our own. Jonna Mendez, thank you so much. Uh, she's the author of The Moscow Rules. She was former chief of disguise at CIA, as she just said. Her, uh, her husband, Tony, uh, was, was really kind of Q uh, from the James Bond uh, series. The new book written by both of them, The Moscow Rules, worth the read. Thank you so much, Jonna. Glenn, it was a pleasure. Thank you. You bet. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about X-Chair. Uh, X-Chair is just this unbelievable chair that we have here in the uh, studios. Um, and uh, you can adjust it to fit your body exactly. So however it is, that wherever you need the lumbar support, all of our bodies are different. Wherever you need your arms to be, where, wherever you want that seat to be, way out front or back farther, it's amazing. Ten different adjustments on this chair making it the best chair that I've ever ever sat in. Best office chair. Honestly, this is as comfortable as a recliner. Now, you can find out yourself if that is true uh, by taking it up for a 30-day test drive. If you love it, keep it. If you don't, if it's not everything I say it is, and you're like, ah, this chair is, I don't think so, just ship it back. No questions asked. Money-back guarantee. 30-day test drive. So do it now. Get $100 off at xchairbeck.com or call 844-4X-CHAIR. 844-4X-CHAIR. Use the promo code XWHEELS and you're going to get some new X-WHEELS on the bottom of it as well. That's the upgrade. $100 off right now. xchairbeck.com. We break for 10 seconds. In the first hour, we really went over the uh, uh, the debate. We're going to get back into it. I think Beto is done. Uh, I think uh, Tulsi uh, Tulsi Gabbard had, I think, a, a good night uh, last night. Warren was okay. Cory Booker was awful. I know. The, yeah. I know people are saying that he did well, but I don't think he did well at all. I was with you on that. I, I did grades and I gave Booker a C minus. Yeah. Uh, but it, I would say that the over, you know, the punditry overall thought he did okay. Yeah. But did, thought he did well. One was one of the winners of the night. Oh, he's just such he's a just so clown. fake to me. Yeah. I, I just can't take it. Uh, but I think yeah, you're right. I'm, I agree with you on Beto Castro. I think had a good night too, in that he yeah, you know, well, he became somebody that you were like, oh, he's running. Yeah. And that's you know what, what he needed to do. Yeah. That's what that first debate is exactly. Same thing with Tulsi Gabbard. To Gabbard too. Like people yeah. notice that she's the round. I, I, yeah. You know, Ryan the opposite, right? Like people Oof. do know 
she he tried to have a big moment against Gabbard and mm. got destroyed in destroyed. it. Destroyed. Now I think he's much more you know correct on policy there, but yeah. of course that's a bad thing for a Democrat in a Democrat primary. You don't want to agree with us. Yeah, no, so, there were a few Democrats there that would you would typically call like blue dog Democrats. That, you know, stuck up for the free market yeah, system. Delaney was pretty good on that. A mm-hmm. lot of people pointed that out. But again, mm-hmm. like if you're that's not necessarily a good thing for your future prospects in the Democratic primary. Nope. Uh, so that was uh, there. And I think yeah, the other guy, de Blasio, I think, made himself uh, known that he was he did what he had to do, too, which mm-hmm. was make noise, make people understand that he's actually running. Uh, and and by the way. He, he you could tell his strategy. He will not let anyone to his left. When he gets next to Bernie Sanders and Bernie <laughs> Sanders says, I want to spend $3 trillion, he's going to say, I want to spend $6 trillion. Mm-hmm. That is what he is. Just, he has no conscience mm-hmm. as a human being, but also as a, as a socialist. Mm-hmm. So that is going to be uh, intriguing. And tonight, well. round two. Uh, we 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 move up to round two. And tonight should be very interesting to see how Joe Biden handles uh, all of this, because it was a marks off last night it was who could be more like karl marx Mm -hmm. uh with an exception of a very few number of people maybe three of them it was it was quite intense okay today also is an important day for the supreme court yep uh we have two rulings out right now yep they're in the middle of announcing them uh as we speak there's five rulings total coming out today four of them because two of them are grouped together the two big ones are about the census and about partisan gerrymandering um, and then there's two others that are interesting, but not necessarily been leading the headlines. Um, we're going to have Josh Hammer on in here in a second. Um, the census one is not out yet. Uh, the partisan gerrymandering one just came out. And it looks like it's going to be good for Republicans. Yeah, I mean, I, really, the question degree. here, of course, is about whether it's good for the Constitution. Right. Um, it's, it's the, yeah, if you're playing politics right now, the the court, as I see this, is saying... The federal court has no place to tell what states what they have to do. That all has to be decided by the states, which I think is good for the Constitution. I think it's the right thing. And as Roberts points out in the ruling, like we're not saying this is a good idea. This gerrymandering stuff is not a good idea. However, Congress and states have the opportunity to to draft laws that will correct it. Mm That's not for us. It's it's basically you know an idea saying like, look, I'm not we're not going to be an activist court on this. So I wow. think that's a I think that's the appropriate ruling. Democrats aren't going to like it because right at the second it's it's benefiting Republicans, right. and but re- that will change. Yeah, it can change at any time. And Republicans are going to not 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 like it in the future. Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but at least the power has gone back to the state, which is important. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So there's some amazing experiences that we want to give you. I mean, there's you can go out and buy stuff, or you can go and uh, join an experience and have that for the rest of your life. Especially if you bring your kids uh, with you, and, and kids, maybe you take the parents on this cruise. The birthplace of the Republic, the birthplace of, of commerce, the birthplace of our faith— That's what you're going to see, and you're going to see it on an Italian cruise ship with great Italian food, all-inclusive. You never have to pull out your wallet uh, all the way from the airport. Wherever you are, that is taken care of. The flight is taken care of, part of the price of it. You go down the hotels, the, the buses, everything that you are going to be on when you're doing tours, all of it taken care of. Come join us as we go to Greece, uh, we go to Venice, we go to the Holy Land. 
Uh, Bill O'Reilly will be there. David Barton will be there. I'll be there. Rabbi Lappin, Stu, come join us. $360 a day. Find out now at ComeSailAway.com. Josh Hammer, it works for the Daily Wire, also an expert on what goes on in the Supreme Court. He's going to join us here in a second to break down everything you need to know about today's rulings. Uh, welcome to the program. Today's a big day. We're going to give you an update uh, coming up on uh, the uh, commentary on last night's debate and prepare you for tonight. Uh, if you missed uh, this, we did a full hour, the first hour, and you can uh, find it in wherever you find your podcast. Just look for the Glenbeck Program podcast. And you'll be able to get our coverage on that. I, I personally, I thought it was fun. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for the destruction of our country, you know, we could all enjoy it and have a good laugh. It was, it was Karl Marx at his best. It was the Marx Brothers, but just not Groucho or Harpo or uh, uh, Geppetto. I can't remember the other one. Uh, uh, but it was it's definitely Geppetto for it, sure. It is, I think. Uh, it, but it was definitely the Marx Brothers, and we'll talk about that coming up in uh, just a second. The Supreme Court has ruled uh, on a few cases, and some of them, uh, some of them big. We have Josh Hammer; he is uh, editor at large of the Daily Wire, and watching these, and uh, has a quick understanding of. Uh, what has come out they just came out a few minutes ago they have also reached the decision on the census question we're waiting for that to come out so josh welcome to the program it's always great to be with you glenn thanks for having me yeah you bet so tell me uh what is uh, what did we find out today okay so we've got two opinions come out so far we're waiting on the big one as you as you just said we're still waiting i guess Hopefully any second now, any minute now, perhaps to see that big census case come out. Um, actually, you know what? As I am live on the air with you, I see Ed Whelan actually tweeting it. Yep. Looks like the, secret- the secretary did not violate the enumerations clause or the census act in deciding to reinstate that question. OK, so it looks like that case is going to come out in the Trump administration's favor based on the absolute latest I'm seeing on Twitter. So that's a hu- that's a huge win for the Trump administration, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Um, this is. This is a big win. In my opinion, it's a very, very legally straightforward case. This was a practice that was on the census. They obviously comes out every 10 years for over a century, was my understanding, going back to at least the middle of the 19th century, perhaps even longer than that. There was a very, very lengthy history of the federal government asking some questions that are not strictly necessary to purely uh, apportioning congressional districts on the census. This goes back a very long time. It was the it, it was on the long form version of census up until 2010 when the Obama administration took it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is very legally straightforward in my mind. This is a big win for the Trump administration. And what does the it? Other, what wait wait? What does it mean to to the states and to the left? What does the reinstatement of of this question? What does it mean? Why is it important? Right. So the actual narrow legal reason why it's important is actually not super obvious. It's actually very important for litigation under Section 2 of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Um, A lot of the cause of action that uh, fall under that particular statutory provision require very accurate data as to the the citizens, not just the total person population, but Mm -hmm. the actual citizens in order to bring a viable claim for voting disenfranchisement under Mm -hmm. that particular statutory provision. But the broader kind of macro picture here, uh, Glenn, as to why this is important, is 
it's important just for the federal government to have a sense, not just as to the total number of persons, including aliens, but as to citizens. I mean, think about the Constitution, Glenn. Think about the preamble. Think about basic structural principles. We the people, we the people who form this union, uh, we the people, uh, you know, in the, in the framers' conception of that, are thinking of citizens. Right. And it's kind of just, it kind of is a more symbolic ability of this, 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 the citizenry taking back their country and, and, and kind of getting back to the entire notion that the citizens created the government, not the other way around. Okay. So it, it, it's very symbolic have to hear. And the real reason why the left is going to go ballistic over this is? The real reason that the left is going ballistic is that they think it is going to suppress uh, aliens, both legal and illegal aliens, from responding to the census. So they think that it will suppress response in such a way uh, as to not only might be, from their perspective, xenophobic, but also might actually potentially politically benefit more red states than blue states for purposes of the 2020 census. Uh, seems to me pretty unfounded, to be honest with you. Uh, there are plenty of red states, like uh, our state of Texas, Glenn, that have a large large uh, both legal yeah yes. very large very legal large. and illegal alien population it's not just california and new york here okay so let's go to gerrymandering because that was the other one that yep. came out yep so that was the other kind of big case that came out this morning haven't had time to do more than a very quick skim of the opinion but it looks um you know this is a traditional 5-4 split it comes out along the lines that you would expect chief justice roberts writes the opinion for the court justice kagan filed a dissent for the for the liberal bloc they're basically saying that this is not a judiciable case. And this, to me, is very clearly correct. Um, gerrymandering as a practice goes back literally to the beginning of the republic. The very term gerrymandering refers to founding father Elbridge Gerry. And uh, another word, Glenn, for gerrymandering is politics. Uh-huh. The, reason, <laughs> uh, the Constitution clearly grants the state legislature the ability to draw congressional maps. So if you want to change congressional delegation in your state, the way to do that and the way that you've always had to do that going back to the beginning of the republic is to win elections at the ballot box. And under the Constitution, under Article 3, which establishes the judiciary, you have to have standing. And in order for you to have standing, you have to have a viable what Article 3 refers to as a case or controversy. And the Supreme Court over for cases for uh, centuries, the seminal case is a 1992 case called Wuhan. It was a Justice Scalia opinion, if I recall. He kind of broke that down and showed exactly what you need for there to be standing. There has to be an injury in fact, direct causation, and the, and the court has to be able to redress it in a suitable fashion in accordance with traditional tools of, uh, of equitable remedies the courts have had going back to English common law. And this just clearly does not meet that that threshold. I mean, we're talking here about torts or criminal law or a direct injury, but a, a, a body of partisan Democrats or Republicans complaining that the other party gerrymandered them out of district is just so far removed from the case or controversy requirement of which the Constitution speaks. So this seems to me a very, very clearly correct holding. I'm excited to dig a little deeper into the opinion. So this is this is one that I hate agreeing with because I hate gerrymandering. 
and even Justice Thomas comes out and says that in the opinion that Roberts yeah. or Roberts yeah. uh, that this is a uh, this is a really bad thing. I don't agree with gerrymandering. Um, it's a it's a toxic thing, but it's it is this the power is in the state. It's not at the federal bench. And so as a as a libertarian, uh, I lean towards, yes, more power to the local than the state and the least amount of power going to the to the federal government. So I agree with it. It's just that I disagree with gerrymandering and the Republicans are going to celebrate now. But there, there will come a time when they don't have control of the states and those things will be gerrymandered back. And they won't yeah. be happy. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's I, I think that's right. Right. I mean, um, the, the, the two causes of action that kind of led to this case, though, one was out of North Carolina, where it was Democrats complaining. And then one was out of Maryland, where I believe it was the Republicans complaining. So it's actually both parties who are having their complaints kind of dismissed here by the court. Um, I, I think you're right, Glenn. I mean, from like a partisan perspective, if we're trying to like put on, uh, you know, if we're trying to channel what the Republican National Committee might be thinking, it would be short sighted to think of this as a victory. But from the perspective of someone trying to get the original public meaning of the Constitution right, I think it's a clear victory. Uh, so, Josh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. We're talking to Josh Hammer of Daily Wire. Um, I'm looking at this ruling on the census, and it's seemingly incredibly complicated and way above uh, my intellect. Uh, you could obviously, when you read this thing in full, it happened breaking here as we're on the air. But it does seem that it says it's it's affirmed in part, reversed in part, and remanded. And we're seeing the the I mean the breakdown of it. There's several parts. I mean, it's you know Roberts, uh, the unanimous court on parts one and two. Uh, opinion of the court with respect to parts 3, 4B, and 4C, which Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh joined. With respect to 4A, Thomas, Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Kavanaugh. It, like, it is like all over the board on all different parts. And the summary I, I'm starting to see here is that they will not allow the census question to be on, on the 20, on the citizenship question to be on the 2020 census, though it, it almost seems like they're going into the motivations as to why it was placed there in the first place. I, you know, it, this is a, I mean, I feel like I'm in the middle of a, you know, uh, like so wait, a so, really bad episode of Law and Order in which I really don't explain things well. Um, so, Josh, I tell you what, instead of wasting time with conjecture, can we just cut you loose here and then have you read this and come back and tell us what you really think it means? Sure, absolutely, guys. Happy to do that. All right, That'd so we'll cut you loose now. You go and study that. When you're ready, you just call us back, uh, and we'll uh, we'll get into the census. Because right now, Supreme Court blocks citizenship question yeah, on 2020, 2020 census, census. Yeah, but it is now changed. That's not what the headline said just a few minutes ago. Yeah. So the ruling it comes out because it says there's a unanimous a unanimous part of this, um, but it seems like. Roberts is just really pissed at the the motivation behind it because there were some you know that they did this with politics in mind. I don't know how that affects the Constitution exactly as we as he just yeah, Josh intent. just pointed out. You know, there's a lot of po- politics involved in our system, right? Um, but we're, we'll uh, intent usually doesn't isn't. I mean, yeah, right. It's it's a weird one. So let's we'll get Josh back on here and we'll kind of follow this as we go to break and give you the breakdown but as of right now it appears that the census question will be blocked or excuse me the citizenship question will be blocked on the 2020 census
So I have to tell you, I had a conversation with, uh, with a guy who studies the economy for a living, and uh, we were talking about inflation and why we don't have inflation. And I contend we do have inflation. It's in the stock market. That's the, the people who had the money who could get these low interest rate uh, uh, loans were the companies and they could repatriate their money. They could go and get low interest loans and uh, or zero interest loans and they could go buy back a lot of their stock. Other people who had a lot of money could take their money and put it into the stock market and it was was going up uh, and everybody's jumping on this bandwagon and I don't think any of it is real. He disagreed, and I want to get into that um, uh, with you later. But I, I will tell you this. If you watch the debate last night, the free market system is over if these people get into office. It is. They're stating it. That's not hyperbole. Take them at their word. They're saying that. So what does that mean? Well, that means real trouble on the horizon. I want you to call Goldline and find out if gold or silver is right for you. Gold is going up. Uh, gold or silver now with a new uh, IRA uh, options and the secured storage facility and their portal for online trading. Your portfolio can uh, change dramatically easily with Goldline at Goldline.com. I've been a customer of Goldline's for, gosh, I think almost 15 years. They've been a client of mine for, I think, 10 years goldline.com call goldline at 1-866-GOLDLINE 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com we have our 12 score and three years ago uh, pop-up museum this is very different than anything that we have ever done before um, we want you to learn from history that's the reason why we keep history is to be able to learn from it correct the mistakes of the past uh, correct the errors through original documentation uh, of you know modern day historians but then use that as a map to see what's happening today and where we should go this is a very powerful uh, presentation I, i've been very very nervous about it until last night uh, we had about 250 leaders of the community, and believe me, not all of them agree with me. Uh, and we were correcting history and showing the truth. For instance, there's a section on slavery uh, in America that shows the census of the Native American uh, reservations, where in I think it is 1880, it might be 1870, uh, one out of every resident on uh, reservation land f- was a slave owned by a Native American. One out of every eight. Uh, that's pretty stunning. That's way higher, way higher than it was in non-reservation land here in America. And the 13th Amendment did not apply to Native Americans, and they stopped it later than we did. We show the pictures of the white slaves, uh, and these are, you know, it's, it wasn't the bulk. But we also show the actual numbers of the slave trade. But we do these things to show you the patterns, to be able to correct the history and show you the patterns of history. And uh, when you come to the Klan section... And the Klan, the uniforms and all of their tactics and the uh, lynchings and everything else that is pretty dramatically staged, right behind that is the ISIS uh, members. And it is 
actual uniforms taken from dead ISIS members and their masks, uh, you know, that they always wear when they're beheading people and the orange jumpsuits from a couple of slaves that were rescued by the Nazarene Fund. Uh, And when you see the when you when you look at the past and then today, you cannot help but realize we're repeating the same mistakes and nobody's paying attention. And I urge you when you go to church or if you're in a church group and you're anywhere near this, bring your churches because it is the churches that stopped slavery last time. And these are Christians all around the world that are being horribly persecuted. And it's our responsibility. If you want to be a part of the people that will be remembered in history as really woke Make sure you come and bring your family to 12 score. And three years ago, you can get your tickets now. It opens this weekend, runs through next weekend. Uh, MercuryOne.org. That's MercuryOne.org. Tim Poole is joining us next. I'm Hillary. That's your four minute buzz. And now here's Glenn and Stu with the last hour of the show. Very excited, by the way, to uh, be cruising, uh, hopefully, with, with everybody who's uh, listening. We're going to um, great locations, uh, Italy. Greece, Croatia, Israel. It's going to be amazing, Glenn. It's going to uh, be amazing. Yeah. Uh, and the great thing is is that you you can uh, pay for your deal. You just put a down payment down, then pay for it for the month, uh, you know, every month until you get there. You have a year to do it. We're going next spring. Um, it's all inclusive, all the airfare, all the tips, all the food, all the drinks, everything. You don't need to bring a dollar with you. Um, so Come. Come sail away with us and learn the history of these lands. Learn our true history with the experts, including Bill O'Reilly, Rabbi Lappin, uh, David Barton, myself. It is really going to be remarkable. And walk where Jesus walked. Walk where Leonardo da Vinci walked. Join us. ComeSailAway.com. That's ComeSailAway.com. Go there now. Book and get the early bird special still. Tim Poole is coming up on the program. It's going to be really cool. Uh, Right around the corner. Of entertainment and enlightenment. We're going to continue our coverage of the debate last night and prepare you for tonight's debate. Uh, also, we're going to go over the uh, Supreme Court rulings coming up uh, in the next half hour. But I, I stand by that what Project Veritas uncovered and what's happening with Google and YouTube and uh, and Facebook, Instagram, what's happening here is the biggest story of the year and i think it might be one of the biggest stories of of my lifetime because of the consequences no one is truly tying all of this together and looking at how we are starting to uh, run up against a big brother that will not only control what you see but control how you feel and and how you navigate where you go what you buy everything in many cases without you even knowing it and we're here now it may be too late to turn it around but what are the ramifications even for free elections and free thought and free speech we have tim pool an award-winning american journalist political commentator and uh, an extraordinarily independent He's been on the receiving end of some of this, and he's a guy who truly understands it. See if he can explain the real ramifications of what happened with... 
Project Veritas this week, and now with the Donald on Reddit. We do that in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, LifeLock. Uh, if you have ever used uh, banking, you know, digital payment service uh, to to transfer money over, cyber th- cyber thieves have now found a way to steal from bank accounts by using uh, that service. Scammers are using a combination of spoof phone calls that make look like it's you know coming from your bank. The hack text messages that they will send you, the they they will break into your bank account, steal your money. This isn't just happening with banks. Stu ran into this with somebody calling from Apple Care, and it was the exact right number on the Apple iPhone. It said Apple. The phone call was coming from Apple. Yep, and the number actually checked out as Apple's actual right. uh, number. I mean, th- these things are getting more and more advanced. Yeah. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number on sale for, at the dark web. If they detect your information, they're going to send you an alert. And if there is a problem, a U.S.-based restoration specialist is going to work to fix it. Nobody can prevent all identity theft to monitor all transactions at all businesses. And if you join now, you're going to get 10% off your first year by using promo code BACK. That's promo code code back 1-800-LIFELOCK 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com use promo code back and save 10 percent tim pool been a fan of yours for a while you are um you are fair uh, outspoken, unafraid, and you know what you're talking about uh, more than I think almost anybody else in the media when it comes to uh, what is really happening uh, when it comes to freedom of speech uh, and censorship uh, at, at Google and Twitter and, and Facebook. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, so do you agree that uh what we're what we're facing now what's coming out and most people in the media are ignoring with project veritas and everything else that this is a uh, the beginnings of an uh, of an understanding of an all-encompassing control on everyone's life and mind yeah, yeah absolutely and i and i got to say it's it's astounding that you know i was a lifelong liberal and not having conversations about massive, powerful corporations, you know, in- infringing on our lives and our rights with conservatives. And, you know, throughout my life, all the liberals who were the ones challenging the corporations, even even in the debate last night, bring up all these corporations. Where was the conversation about how Google and Facebook are controlling what we are seeing and hearing? It's not coming from the left they're, they're And, and you, you look at the mainstream press. I hate using that term, but uh, there's, a, there's a website called All Sides that tracks the biases of various sites. And they straight up said the Veritas uh, story has been largely ignored by left wing media. Oh, yeah. That's 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 crazy to me. Well, it, it it's crazy also because, you know, where's the ACLU? Where where are people that are are they say they're for freedom of speech? I disagree. With, I mean, I vehemently disagree with Alex Jones. I bet a target of his. I have no there's no love between us at all. But I will stand for his right to be heard. We can't. We can't do this. I don't want any Marxist silenced. I don't want any crazy person silenced. This, what's happening, these, these organizations are not only silencing people by taking them off, but they're also doing, for instance, the Donald and Reddit. 
they didn't remove them. They just removed them and put them in their own little special little ghetto. And that yeah. eventually just it decays away because you're not seen anymore. Right, right. I, th- I think the Donald, um, I- I'm sure, you know, your listeners are familiar. It's, it's basically the biggest pro-Trump forum. And what's particularly worrisome to me about this, they claim that it was taken down because people on the forum were making threats of violence towards police. Well, I really doubt conservative Trump supporters are going to threaten police, but but maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but what's worrisome is that anyone can make an account, go into any forum, post whatever they want, take a screenshot, and then, you know, wave flags and say, hey, look, ban them. They're saying bad things. You know, if, if you're going to tell me that conservatives are making threats against cops, I'd laugh and I wouldn't believe you. And so I'm confused as even, even the Trump supporters are posting photos of police saying we love cops. That would never happen. So how easy would it be for some activists to go in, make some fake posts, and then flag that to right, it's administra- administrators and say, hey, ban them now? Well, first of all, unless they have banned, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and um, and Antifa, they don't they don't have a consistent case at all. I'll tell you you what. There was a post on on one forum. It was a far left forum where they were saying that people should bring firearms to confront, uh, you know, a a Trump rally. And they said, hey, we, we better bring our guns to protect ourselves. Now, for one, I'm like, okay, that's, you know, you have your Second Amendment right. I can understand that. But. How is that not, you know, far left people saying there's going to be violence at this rally, so we should bring our guns. Mm. That's okay with Reddit, but, you know, right, in, in this capacity. There's, there's a bunch of better examples I could give than that because that one kind of gets close to the, like a 2 way argument. But it, it's, it's an example, in my opinion, of double standards. Because so, if you look at some of these left-wing forums, they all day call for, for violence yes. and harm against other people. So I talked to uh, Dr. Robert Epstein. You know him from Harvard? Uh, the creepy line. I'm not familiar, no. Okay, you, you should you should talk to him. He's fantastic. He started doing research. Uh, he's a guy who voted for Hillary Clinton. He's a lefty, um, and not a lefty. He's a he's a Democrat, and um, he started doing research on Google because he wanted to see if they were swaying elections at all. And he found real evidence uh, and said that it is much worse in the 2018 than it was in the 2016. And he believes that they can just through their their search engines, by the way they by the way they um, give you answers to your queries uh, and how they stack those things. He says that 80 percent of undecideds can be swayed and he has evidence that google is doing it now well isn't that the same thing by saying your videos my videos dave rubin's videos ben shapiro's videos when you go on youtube and you'll find one of our videos but then your other videos don't come up in the recommended it's something else which they say they are doing right now that's the same that's the same thing it's a really interesting argument on principle for me. You know, I don't believe that YouTube is legally required to recommend my content to anybody. Right. So I, I, I will, I, you know, I tell my, my listeners, listen, you know, if you like my content, share it. Otherwise, I don't deserve it. But here's the thing. If we then recognize that YouTube is, I, I believe they're like the largest media distributor on the planet, the mm-hmm. second largest search engine, we recognize that. And if they are specifically targeting certain uh, perspectives, because I, I don't consider myself a conservative. I'm a moderate slightly to the left. Right. But if, if they're going to take down someone like me or Dave Rubin or Prager University, and they're still going to provide recommendations to left-wing voices and mainstream media voices, 
well, then I, I understand, right? I don't think that, that I'm, I, have a, I have the right to have my content promoted, but then you are going to see a massive shift in the, in the perception of, of uh, Americans and the world because Google is feeding them specific ideology. Correct. Correct. So I heard you speak earlier this week and, and, uh, and you were talking on one of your videos about how you think it might be too late to get out of the beginning of this matrix. Um, why do you think that? Well, if there's data published um, a couple weeks ago on Twitter. I can't remember who the researcher was, but he took a look at LexisNexis data. This is a big tracking company. They look at stories going back to the 70s. And they tracked a left-wing identitarian ideological uh, terminology, right? It's kind of jargon, but basically far-left words, you know, like intersectionality, white yes. privilege. And around the beginning of 2010, there's a hockey stick on all of these graphs, a massive skyrocketing. I think this has to do with digital media companies who are not ideologically driven, who discovered pissing people off, uh, pissing people off results in shares, which results in money. So they end up hiring these activists to push this narrative, this, this ideology over and over again. And we're at a point now where you look at some of these internal messages, like what Veritas leaked, where they refer to Prager U and Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson as Nazis. And you can see that these people have really been infected with what, what I, 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 a dogmatic ideology of some sort. So now we're at a point where you have such a very, you know, a very large group of people who, I guess you can say, you know, have been indoctrinated through this algorithmic money chasing. They're not going to let those views go. Their world is built around this idea that's a fake reality. How do you break that? I don't know, right? Because these companies certainly aren't going to disappear overnight. They are hurting now, you know, the BuzzFeeds, the Foxes, et cetera. But now look at what happens with the, the these people are so entrenched in their tribalism that you have Donald Trump come out, what, years ago saying we have a, a border crisis and it took two years for the media and the Democrats to finally recognize we actually have a border crisis mm. and now they're finally going to. So because the media was so, you know, look, these media companies are making money off of this ideology, all of them, you know, and it's infecting the bigger, more credible sources now as well. Like the New York Times runs a front page story about one guy who watched YouTube videos to push some narrative about the far yeah. right. It was complete nonsense. So these, so the New York Times is now hiring on these people. They refuse to acknowledge reality, and that truly terrifies me. And, and, and you know what's crazy is they're, they're, I, I feel like we're, we're, we're too far gone at this point. I mean, maybe it's a bit hyperbolic, but when you look at the rhetoric we have where we say, hey, these people are pushing things that are nonsense. There's, there's nothing we can do. How, how do we stop this? I mean, they're saying the exact same thing about us. Oh, these people live in a fake reality. It's like, look, you know, I go, I go on the ground. I've been on the ground across the, the world. I talk to regular people. They don't believe these weird things that you guys believe on the Internet, you know, the far left. But they live in that reality. And now, because all of these young people have started to pick up this, this indoctrination through, you know, the Voxes, the Huffington Post, the BuzzFeeds, they're starting to work at the New York Times. They're starting to work at NBC. Mm -hmm. And they're weaponizing these media platforms to silence their political opponents. So, so I'll add this very quickly. I recently was leaked some information where I was, I was able to publish an email from a left-wing journalist who accused, essentially it sounded like they were saying Chase Bank was supporting the Proud Boys by providing basic financial services. Yep. About a day, a day after that email was sent, Chase cut off the personal and business accounts of Enrique Tarrio of the Proud Boys. Look, you don't have to like the Proud Boys. I, I, that's not the point. The point is 
these journalists know that bad PR is a weapon and they're using it for activist reasons. Like they're activists now. It's not about sharing information. It's about weaponizing their platform to hurt political opponents. And it's only getting worse. So, you know, when it comes to the issue of Google, I, I, look, I look back to the same example of the border. Yeah, Trump said there was a crisis on the border. Everyone finally agrees, for the most part. You know, Ocasio-Cortez still doesn't. But it took years to get to this point. We have Project Veritas. We have leaked video of Sergey Brin, the co-founder of Google, saying he's deeply offended by the election, of, you know, the 2016 election, mm -hmm. and that Trump supporters don't share his values. Mm -hmm. That was last year. When are, is the media going to finally say, hey, it's not a conspiracy theory anymore? Two more years? Well, look, this censorship that we're seeing, I, 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 I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But I got to say, it's a damn perfect coincidence that the same day as the Democratic debates, the Donald gets quarantined, so you can't mm -hmm. find their posts anymore. Project Veritas has basically been banned by all of the big providers. Even Vimeo now has, has banned their account. Reddit's banned their, their account. YouTube, YouTube took down their video. YouTube, this, I'll tell you what's really crazy. This is what, what freaks me out. I made a video commenting on publicly available information that was reported on by BuzzFeed, by The Guardian, by, you know, just all of these major outlets. They said Pinterest, you know, has banned live action, this pro-life group. Yeah. So I made a video. I commented on it. YouTube took my video down without warning, without any chance to, to, to fix any problems, saying I was violating the privacy of the people in the story, even though the information was public, was on Twitter. They took my video down. So that I take great offense to. I understand, you know, look. YouTube wants to argue that Veritas is violating someone's privacy. I think that's ridiculous. But the argument over when uh, a name is newsworthy, fine, we can have that argument. I still think Veritas is in the right. But for me, we, we've stepped into an even crazier dystopia where the act of commenting on the information that was already made public is now being banned from the platform. To me, that's scary because that means independent people – look. YouTube's the only game in town, right? You're not going to get a million views on Vimeo. You're not going to get a million views on these, these other video platforms. YouTube has really monopolized the video space. And that means if you want to reach people, YouTube's the only game in town. They've, mm -hmm. they've dominated. And they're using that power to suppress those that are critical mm -hmm. of what's happening. So, so I'll say this. Here's what I think's happening. We know the censorship has been going on for a long time. I think this is partly due to the fact that, in reality, conservatives are better at the Internet than liberals are. You know, they say the left can't meme. So in, re in response to this, we see these people at Twitter, at Facebook, at Google start taking down conservative content to try and rectify that. We know what's happening. Even Jack Dorsey has said his conservative employees yes. are scared to speak up. Pinterest really, uh, James, uh, James O'Keefe really cracked the, the case open with Pinterest's overt censorship of live action. And you could see that Pinterest panicked. They, they at first, when the story broke, they un unblocked live action, but then immediately issued a statement saying, you know what? No, we're going to ban them anyway. I think that was an opening of the floodgates that emboldened all these other platforms. So when Veritas comes out with a bigger expose, hey, Google, here's what their employees are saying behind closed doors. Google now says, you know what? Screw it. Regulation's coming anyway. Knock them down. I think they're at a point where they just don't care anymore. Pinterest was the floodgates being yep. ripped open where you can't deny it anymore. Yep. And, and, now, and now Google says, you know what? Let's just, let's just go for it. Tim, I know we have a podcast scheduled with you in a few weeks, and I'm really looking forward to being able to have, um, you know, some real time to sit down and talk to you about all of this. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Uh, Tim Pool. you can follow him at TimCast. Uh, he knows what he's talking about uh, when it comes to what we're about to face. All right. Uh, Patriot Mobile. 
Okay. Here we are talking about how people are using your money, using you, using you, your product, you as a product, uh, and none of us like it. Well, what about Patriot Mobile? Have you thought about your phone companies? Because your phone companies, AT&T, they, they're giving money hand over fist to Planned Parenthood. These, these phone companies are working against the things you believe. And so every time you use your phone, you're actually helping fund the fight for abortion. It's nuts. Now, you could say, well, I'm not going to use those. And then what are you going to do? Of course, you're going to use them because it's good service, right? So you need something that has great service, has a great price, will save you money, and will make it flawless and seamless to switch over. That is Patriot Mobile. They don't give their money to uh, left-wing causes. These guys are patriots that believe in the Constitution. They have already supported with $2 million free speech just from starting this very small they take some of their profits and they turn it in to, you know, Second Amendment, pro-life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You're going to get the same great service. You're going to save money. And this company actually is on your side. Please switch right now. PatriotMobile.com. Use the promo code Beck. You'll get a free month of service when you switch over. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com. Promo code Beck. We break for 10 seconds. Next week, we want to have uh, uh, Dr. Robert Epstein. I think it's Epstein. Uh, I'm not sure, um, but he's from Harvard. and um, Dr. Bob. Uh, Dr. Bob mm-hmm. uh, from Harvard, and he is... He is studying this, and he said, we've got to raise money. And he's talking lots of money. We have to raise enough money to be able to have a full United States monitoring on Google and the games that they're going to play in the 2020 election. I'm telling you, I think these guys on the left, I think they know they're going to win not because of anything else other than the fact that they have YouTube, Google, Facebook, everyone, and those analytics are being changed right now. Those those algorithms are being changed right now to silence voices like ours and heighten voices on the left. You know, those voices of justice that skews everything, as we showed last night on television Google can just by rearranging the search, which he has evidence they are doing just by rearranging the the search results, they can switch independence by 80 percent. I think he said it was a, from a 50 50 issue among independents. He can get it to a 90 10 issue either way just by switching the order of and results. And he has evidence that Google is already doing this, that they did this and influenced 72 million Americans in the in the last primary. Yeah, and this, I think, is, is two ways, right? One is, sure, we have to fight back against uh, the way that these companies are handling their business. We have to develop our own options, right? Like, you know, some conservative billionaires need to start, uh, you, know, d- d- you know, designing real products that people want to use. But in addition to that, we also have to have a fundamental conversation about principles. So, all right. Um, back in uh, just a minute. 
Let me tell you about CarShield. There's a few things in life that can change your entire outlook on the day, like, you know, having two flat tires, which I did just recently. Anything that's going on in your car. Now, if you have a problem and it's covered, you know, you got a brand new car, it's covered, you're fine. If it's not covered, it sucks. If you ran out of warranty, you have a car that has 5,000 or 150,000 miles, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't have a warranty, you are in trouble when you have to go in to have something done. That's why I have CarShield. They make the entire process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You don't have to worry about paying. You can take it anywhere. They pay the people directly. Anything that is covered, you've got 24-7 roadside assistance, a rental car while yours is being fixed, all free. CarShield. They are the they are a great, great blessing for those of us who have cars that are out of warranty. CarShield.com. 800 car 6000 800 car 6000 or CarShield.com. Promo code BECK. If you want to protect conservative content, one good way of doing it is BlazeTV.com. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks. It's a great day to have uh, Mark Skousen join us. By the way, we're gonna we're going to uh, hear from Josh Hammer, uh, who is uh, one of our legal minds that is following the Supreme Court. He's going to give us the latest on what has been released today from the Supreme Court. But Mark Skousen uh, is on with us right now. He is the producer of Freedom Fest, and I have been invited to speak at Freedom Fest, uh, and he is with us now. Hi, Mark. How are you? Well, I'm doing great, Glenn. It's glad to be glad to be on your show to talk about the big show in Vegas, Freedom Fest. Okay, so it's it's in Vegas. When is it? It's a few weeks away, isn't it? Yep, July 17th through the 20th. It's a Wednesday, starting the evening with our opening ceremonies and ends with our Saturday uh, program. Uh, it, we've got the full schedule online at freedomfest.com, and uh, we're expecting a couple thousand people. We're very excited to have you. Now, these are these are libertarians, conservatives. Uh, this These are the people that are actually looking at the Constitution and trying to rule their life on, on constitutional things. In fact, we, we do have a Constitution Day uh, uh, with Douglas Ginsburg, Ginsburg, the uh, uh, judge, uh, he's going to be covering that topic as well as 250 other sessions. You know, uh, Glenn, the whole idea of Freedom Fest, which I came up with uh, over a decade ago, was uh, we're losing this war for freedom mainly because we're all going our separate ways. And I know you have tried your best to gather people together my idea is that once a year all the freedom lovers come together in las vegas uh the entertainment capital of the world and uh, we come together to network to socialize to learn to celebrate liberty and uh you've been you've been there before you came in 2015 Mm -hmm. which is when donald trump came and we had uh, 2,500 people there. It was just so, uh, standing room only. Mark, wh- uh, who, do you, um, uh, who do you have this year? You have Justice Ginsburg, uh, not Justice Ginsburg. You have, uh, uh, who did you just say? Uh, Gorsuch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you have, you have me. I know Penn Jillette is coming. Who else is coming? Well, we have uh, Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank, and he's going to debate John Mackey, the CEO of Whole Foods Markets, about the wow. the real purpose of business. Is it wow. uh, 
make to make money or is it uh, have a higher purpose? And of course, John Mackey argues for a higher purpose right. in business. And and Kevin O'Leary says, listen, it's all about making money. If you want a friend, buy a dog. So, <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be electrifying. That's, that's uh, going to be a great debate. Too. Yeah. Uh, but we do a lot of debates. We're going to have a debate on uh, is is eating meat uh, ethical and nutritional is one of our debates with John Mackey, as well as Joel Salatin, who's a uh, the libertarian uh, Christian farmer from Virginia. Uh, we have John Stossel, George Gilder, Rich Lowry from National Review, Alan Dershowitz, and Randy Barnett are going to talk specifically about these recent Supreme Court decisions. Uh, we have Steve Moore and Herman Cain, who both uh, yeah. were going to be nominated to go in the Fed, and we're going to ask them what would they have done if they had been uh, nominated and became members of the Fed. We have Candace Owens, the fiery black conservative who took on Congress recently, it's uh, it's really a fun uh, a fun conference. Okay. Uh, well, I will be there, and if you if you yeah. if you want to join us, uh, how do you get how do you get tickets? So the best thing is to go to freedomfest.com, and if they register before July first, you get a hundred dollars off, and uh, it's really going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to having you there again, and uh, to meet all of these people who are anxious to. Change, uh, you know, my feeling is if we all gather together once a year, they can't ignore us anymore, right? Yeah. That's the whole idea. And so, uh, if we can get as big as the NRA or what have you, you make yeah. a big difference. So, uh, Mark, you are a, you're a, an award-winning economist, uh, and I don't know if you saw the debate last night, but uh, they're talking about ending the free market now in the Democratic Party. Yeah. How yeah. fast can this thing be dismantled? Well, I think there uh, these the Democratic Party is trying to distinguish themselves some way. So the way they're doing it is by going further and further toward a, a, the cause of socialism. I mean, let's call it what it is, and that's what your topic is going to be at Freedom Fest. Um, and, you know, I have to deal with this because I teach economics uh, at Chapman University. I've also taught at Columbia Business School. And I write on the board, I say, OK, let's take this quote that sounds really good from each according to his ability to each according to his needs. And I don't tell them it's from Karl Marx because I don't want to affect their bias. And I said, just by a show of hands, how many of you upper middle class? students at Chapman University, how many of you agree with this? And I get about 75% who raise their hand and says, oh, it sounds really good. And then I said, put your economics cap on. And what happens to anybody who earns more than the need need level, which for them was, believe it or not, 75,000 a year for these students. Uh, I said, what if you earn more than 75,000? Well, it's all taken away and it's put into this community pot. So I said, in essence, what's the marginal tax rate under this plan? And it's 100%. And once you, once people, once students get that and they get it right away, suddenly they realize, oh, this isn't really a great plan after all. And when you're through, I have 100% voting against it. They say, we don't want it. So we have to educate our people. And obviously the Democrats who are running for office offering free Medicare and free 
free college education Everything. and so forth. It all sounds very appealing until you realize it's going to result in extremely high tax rates, which is going to destroy what caused us in the first place to become a, a prosperous exactly right. country. Exactly right. Mark, I uh, look forward to seeing you uh, at uh, Freedom Fest. You can go to freedomfest.com, freedomfest.com. I highly recommend that you come, and I'm going to be there. And my, uh, uh, my topic is socialism versus the free market. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm anxious to present that, and, and we'll see you there. Mark Skousen, thank you so much. Freedomfest.com. Yeah, I'll be coming along, too. Very excited about it. <clears throat> um, you know, I just want to make the, I mean, you can hear it's great. <laughs> Uh, festival and uh, lots of great conversations. And you're going to be uh, you're going to be covering this from the blackjack table, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I, yes you know it's what, what do thought, these yeah. dealers think about freedom? Right. I'm going to find out. <laughs> right. Okay. Let me take a quick break. Then I'm going to come back. We have uh, Josh Hammer. He is the editor at large of the Daily Wire. He's going to go over the rulings uh, from the Supreme Court today. Uh, because one of them, at least, is very complex. And we'll give you that coming up in just a second. And it has John Roberts' fingerprints all over the bad parts of it. Anyway, uh, relief factor. If you're in constant pain, you're not alone. There are millions of Americans who are just like, just like you, just like me. Inflammation is so bad for the body on, on a hundred different levels. It's a cause of a lot of our disease, but it is absolutely the cause of a lot of our pain as well. If your pain is to the point where you're like, I, can't, I just don't want to do this anymore. I just can't live like this anymore. And you don't want to take narcotics. I just fog you up. What kind of life is that? Just I want just a little even reduction in my pain. Relief factor is the best I, I did not think it, I, you know, inflammation and all of that crap. It's true. It works. Uh, and you take, take this. This was designed by doctors. It's 100% natural. It's relieffactor.com. You take it three times a day. You take it when you get up, middle, you know, for lunch, and then, you know, before dinner. You take that, and 70% of the people who try it find like I did, dramatic relief, but you will find relief. And if you don't, that's why they offer the three-week quick start. It's 1995. If you don't find relief in three weeks, stop taking it. If you find relief, take it. 70% of the people go on to order more month after month with Relief Factor at relieffactor.com. Glenn Beck. Tonight on TV. No catastrophe is too catastrophic. No apocalypse is too apocalyptic. No sports questions are too be answered. I don't know what's going on here. Glenn takes your calls live on the air. The show starts at 5 p.m. Eastern, so get in line a little early at 888-727-BECK. Only on The Blaze. Uh, welcome to the program. We have uh, Josh Hammer on, editor-at-large, Daily Wire. Asked him to go through the, uh, the uh, SCOTUS rulings uh, today. Um, we started when we, he, we were on the phone about an hour and a half ago, and as the ruling came out, it looked like things were going in favor of Donald Trump for the census, but it's kind of a complex ruling, and it's not necessarily in favor, um, although they can go back and you know ask for... Uh, uh, another hearing. Uh, Josh, what, what have you found out on this? 
Yeah, so apologies to you, Glenn, for the bit of fake news on the air earlier. I no, guess. no, no, no. Everybody, yeah. I mean, I looked up at the TV at the same time. Everybody was reporting it that way at that time. Yeah, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the big Obamacare case from 2012, right, when Roberts declined to uphold the mandate on Commerce Clause grounds, and then, like, it only we, we found out, like, 10 minutes later that he was actually going on, uh, you know, rewriting his attack. So it kind of reminds me of that, and that's exactly what happened here, too. I mean, this is just a total... Total, total John Roberts special. Um, The the, the whole opinion, to the extent I've been able to read it so far, just reads like pure John Roberts. So basically what happened here is the court is saying that the executive branch's decision to reinstate the citizenship question on the census is neither a constitutional violation nor a violation of the Census Act, the, the statute that uh, you know, the, the actual operative statute that permits the government to impose the census. What they do question, and Justice Thomas kind of gets at this, and Alito, who is quite angry in his separate opinion, gets at even harder, I think. What they do question is whether Secretary Wilbur Ross, the Secretary of Commerce, whether his actual stated rationale, his his public rationale, mirrors his private motivations in such a way as to bring this in compliance with a separate statute, the Administrative and Procedure Act, which is kind of the governing statute for how all the various uh, bureaucracies of the federal government can promulgate and issue regulations. So that's a lot of lawyer talk. I know it's what the hell does that even mean? So so they're saying that they can do it. It doesn't violate anything. They can do it. But they don't like how they did it? Yeah, that's actually exactly what it is, Glenn. You just you nailed it. it, it it's kind of an insane ruling, to be honest with you. I'm still kind of fully wrapping my head around it. You know what it reminds me of, actually? It, it reminds me of how during the so-called travel ban litigation that culminated in the Trump v. Hawaii case mm-hmm. a year ago, mm-hmm. how people were talking about how, like, the president's public rationale didn't mirror you know, his, his tweets, like what he was saying, like during the campaign. Right. It kind of reminds it kind of reminds me a lot of that. It, it, it's this is just such classic John Roberts. I mean, if I had a, if I were had, if I had a chief justice, John Roberts Hall of Fame, this opinion would be right up there with his Obamacare opinion. That's kind of oh, the ground rules. right? Now. He just twists himself into a knot <laughs> to make sure that nobody is offended by anything. It's, so so yeah. what does this mean? So so do they have to go do it a different way? Or or what? If they didn't violate the Constitution or the law, what else has to be decided? Yeah, I mean, they basically are sending it back to the lower court to, as far as I can tell, essentially plead their case and prove that their motivation for making this is legitimate. Um, It's nuts. I mean, like, it's really nuts. I mean, like Thomas gets it right, right on the very first page of his, uh, it's a partial concurrence, partial dissent. It it reads more like a dissent. But this from the first paragraph, I'll I'll, I'll just read if you don't mind. Justice Thomas says, our only role in this case is to decide whether the Secretary of Commerce complied with the law and gave a reasoned explanation for his decision. The court correctly answers these questions in the affirmative that ought to end our inquiry. And He's right. <laughs> like right. It's an insane proposition to inquire in as to the private subjective motives as to whether these uh, actors, uh, Secretary Ross here, was acting in private good faith in a way that aligned with his publicly stated rationale. So, but, but what, was, what, what are they accusing him of? It, it, it reads kind of like 
a sob story, honestly. I, um, it's kind of what we were saying on the air earlier about how a lot of people are worried that this will suppress census turnout and have drastic potential implications. So are they they're accusing the secretary of trying to suppress uh, the vote or to suppress uh, uh, voices in the country? Is it, I mean, what, what is it that they're they're alleging? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking here at page 18 of Roberts's majority opinion, and he's talking about how uh, the Census Bureau predicted a 5.1% decline in response rates among non-citizen households if the citizenship question were reinstated. So this is kind of what he's talking about here. He's, he, he's, he's giving airtime to the complaints from the left that adding citizenship question will actually dilute turnout. And he, he's trying to basically make sure that this is being done for... Wholly legitimate reasons, right? And they're saying basically, like the government provided a wholly legitimate reason, but we think Wilbur Ross uh, had another had idea. another one, which was just to suppress illegal immigrants, and therefore uh, we're just going to throw this back to the courts and let them try to reargue it. And my understanding, Josh, is basically they have a deadline, a self imposed deadline, which we don't know if it's actual actually real, but they have to they'd have to get this done because of all the printing and everything else that needs to be done with the census. So they have a, a small window to to essentially reargue this. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And this strikes me as the kind of litigation that because of the timeline that you just mentioned, Stu, like should be dramatically expedited. I mean, I hope that they yeah. get that the, the government could get their day in court, like essentially tomorrow. Hmm. I mean, Unbelievable. I wow. Unbelievable. Amazing. Uh, thank you, John Roberts. <laughs> Yet another fabulous pick uh, by uh, uh, Bush. <laughs> Josh Hammer, Daily Wire. I think we'd be uh, better if we had an actual Bush pick we just show it to like you know some sort of berry bush and just say which one and the way the the leaves blow we would decide that's our next supreme court justice